Welcome to Dish the Dirt, a light-hearted and fun podcast about Australian flower growers, their stories, knowledge and insights into the industry. I'm your host Rebecca and each week I speak to a different farmer and get them to dish the dirt. Dish the Dirt acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dish the Dirt. I have just realised that we're nearly halfway through season three, so that is very exciting. And also, it was nearly a year ago since Dish the Dirt was thought up or started and that's incredible so thank you so much for still sticking with me and staying on this journey and thank you to all of the flower farmers who have shared their stories so far Uh, it's not easy so I am so thankful that you have this week I am speaking to the wonderful Phoebe of Alcamilla Alcamilla is a flower farm and forestry studio in Berrigara southwest Victoria Phoebe uses biodynamic and permaculture techniques to plant, harvest and nurture the flower farm throughout the seasons and to create a system that is layered, thriving and abundant from the soil to the sky. Biodynamics and the lunar calendar are the backbone of the farm and provide its yearly structure, which Phoebe has created a 2021 lunar planting almanac about. Flowers from the farm are harvested for the Alchemilia studio for both bespoke events and wholesale. It was wonderful to speak to Phoebe and if you haven't seen already, I am running a little competition on Instagram about her almanac, which I have really thoroughly enjoyed and it's been um, great to learn a little bit more about biodynamics and permaculture and lunar cycles and it was super helpful just even if you don't know what is flowering now perhaps you're somebody who's not in the industry I would highly recommend grabbing this book not yeah just so you know she's put every month that um, there is different flowers which are flowering and the season so it's really helpful if you are wanting just a little bit of base knowledge anyway I yeah, really enjoyed this episode. I'm really enjoying making Dish the Dirt. So thank you again. And let's get into it. Uh, do you want to start off by just chatting about where your farm is and how you found it and how you became to be a flower farmer? Sure. Um I'd love to. My farm is in southwest Victoria, down near um, the Otways in a little town called Birragara. Um, I grew up down this way, about 10 minutes away from the town um, as a kid. And after living um, in New South Wales for a few years, I um, came back down here. I just, um, it just feels like home, the landscape here. And um yeah, I'm lucky enough to have some land on my parents' property and that's where the farm is. Yeah, lovely. And what drew you to farming flowers apart, you know, <clears throat> like what drew you to flowers instead of perhaps potatoes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love growing potatoes. So good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 
Um, so I, I've got a, I started off, uh, one of my sort of secondary uni degrees was um, in landscape design and horticulture. And um, that sort of drew me into the world of permaculture as well. So I spent many years, um, you know, practicing holistic cultivation with that lens on. Mm. Um, and eventually I wanted to branch out again. And, um, you know, flowers are just such a beautiful thing to be around. Um, I really wanted to sort of learn more about it, but also I wanted to be a bit more creative than just being um, a farmer or a grower all the time. Uh, so I did a TAFE course in floristry. Um, but just coming from that realm of permaculture and, you know, the natural world or working within the rhythms, I was really shocked by the toxicity and, you know, all of the horrible um, things that are associated with the industry in terms of environmental damage. Um, so yeah, that's probably, that was the main factor because I thought, well, I, I do know how to grow um, vegetables and fruit very well. So why not add flowers to that list as well? Yeah, great. And do you want to just explain for people who are not, haven't been in the floral industry, but are perhaps growing flowers for the industry or wanting to start out kind of what those environmental um, damaging things that you saw were? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'll miss out on quite a few here because I think the list is quite long. But um, I think the main things for me to begin with were uh, the air miles of imports um, with monocrops being imported in from all over the, the world. Um, so the water use and then, yeah, the pet petrol, all that sort of stuff, let alone then the fact that when they get to Australia, um, they're, you know, fumigated, dipped in glyphosate, um, all these sort of horrific things that I just don't feel should really be happening um, to yeah. a natural sort of perishable product, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So then you decided to grow flowers and from there, how did you, you were already in the permaculture, but how did you gain other knowledge in like the biodynamic and kind of the holistic cultivation side of things? Yeah. Um, so again, that's like, um, that was sort of like a, a, a personal lens. I've always had this um, affinity for or with the night or the moon. And I've just always been found it really fascinating since I was a kid. And I think, um, you know, just sort of going deeper and deeper into this sort of um, the world of permaculture, you know, biodynamics does come up again and again. And I think for me, just finding that and uh, especially the way I engage with it in, for the most part, which is using it for the lunar rhythm um, throughout the seasons, um, it was just. I'm so sorry, my cat has just no, gone crazy. Okay. Can you hear it under my face? <laughs> it's a little bell, but I don't Yeah, know. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to let her out. <laughs> it's okay. Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. Uh, so sorry, where was I? I was, um, we were on biodynamics and how I found that. Um, yeah, it was, it was actually, I feel like it's probably more of a personal, um, like it's, I found, I find the structure of it incredibly helpful to use um, through, you know, weekly, monthly, seasonally. Yeah. Um, but also it just sort of sat really well within my personal sphere too. 
Yeah, okay, great. And what do you think the benefits are of it for yourself and then, I guess, for the floral industry? Um, biodynamics or... Yeah, 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 farming in this way. Farming yeah. in this way, I really... Well, for me personally, I think... Um, well, permaculture and biodynamics combined, there's such emphasis put on really farming the soil and um, making sure what we take from the soil is put back in in a very um, considered and I suppose nurturing way, uh, making sure that the environment and community around the farm is also thriving. Um, and I think... The biggest thing for me that really helps me farming this way, as I've just touched on, is the rhythm um, of the lunar cycle throughout the seasons and the months. Um, it provides such a good structure. Um, you know, you can look at primary windows for leaf, seed, root or flower crops and you can associate them with the elements and the uh, zodiac belt as well. And I just feel like it's a very concise way of looking at things if you're interested in that sort of stuff. Yeah, wonderful. And this leads me on to where I've been reading your, now I'm going to say it wrong, Almanac. <laughs> yeah, the Almanac, yes. <laughs> and this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's about the lunar cycles and then um the constellations and elements and planting windows and I've personally found it really helpful because it kind of is that structured like oh look I can plant this this week or you know like next week I can plant some lettuce you know like for me that's really great and I love that just on a very base level um but why did you decide to write this um, I think, well, I think for me mainly, um, it was very much that because I was, when I first started getting interested in it, I, I found a lot of the information to be, um, a little overwhelming or, um, for me, even it was an aesthetic thing. I was, uh, there was a lot going on in all the information I could find that was so tied up in, you know, um, the, the Zodiac stuff or, you know, um. Okay, purple unicorns dancing across posters and stuff it just didn't I just I just wanted to create something that gave the information in a really concise way um and people can take that take from it what they want but really I just wanted to communicate the information because I think it's uh really valuable and I think it's also very accessible or it can be super accessible when all of that sort of noise is taken away from it yeah um I found it very, I found it very easy to read and oh, <laughs> very helpful because honestly, like I, at the start I was like, oh my goodness, I don't really understand, you know, like yeah. when I looked into it, I just didn't understand really what it was. And I remember when we first spoke and you were talking about lunar cycles and things, I really couldn't get my head around it. <laughs> Now that I've read this and it is so easy and then it's got recommended resources and so if you want to delve deeper into it, you can look at these other resources that you've put in here as well and then just everything, like the short and concise way that you've explained like biodynamics and the permaculture, it's so easy 
Oh, good. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody who wants to get into it. But um, do you want to explain sort of, I guess, very briefly um, what like planting windows and the phases of the moon and cult- like cultivation? Do you just want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, it's basically you can go um, really there's sort of three ways of approaching it. It can be right, really micro or you can go really macro and just um, split it up. But briefly, um, there's eight phases of the moon cycle in each, um, in each month. Yeah. And um, basically throughout that, the moon waxes and wanes, as we know. But in biodynamics, this is um, ascending or descending. Um, and when it's going through those phases, it shifts the gravitational flow um, or push of water and nutrients through the soil and or the atmosphere. So um, basically, as the moon's waxing, it means that the soil is releasing uh, minerals, water, nutrients and all of that stuff, which makes it readily available for um, the above ground crops, which are your seed crops, your flower crops, and your leaf crops to take that up. Um, so it means that it's usually the primary time for planting them. Yeah. And then the opposite of that is when it's wax uh, waning, which um, makes it the primary time for the root crops because um, that's when the, uh, the soil is contracting again and it's time for it to absorb back underground. Um, but that's, that's probably like the more micro way of doing it. And then you can also split it into the four weeks of the month. Um, or if you want to just go really macro, you can split it into the waxing or the waning phase of the, of the monthly cycle. Yeah, wonderful. And do you always, do you stick to this? Do you really, <laughs> you know, like I have to ask. That's such like, a good are question. Gonna, are you going to be out there on the 19th? of March <laughs> all of these things yeah I'm so exposed now <laughs> um in an ideal world yes I, I would really try to be um but at the same time I do know now after working with it for like for, for quite a while that it's sort of fluid and even though that is the primary flower window um coming up in March on the 19th um, I do know as well there's still some time before full moon, so I can continue to plant. It's, it doesn't have to be as stringent as that. That's just a recommendation for the primary. Um, but, yes, for the most part, I try. <laughs> okay, good. No, no, I was wondering, I was like, oh, I wonder if, like, you definitely have to be on that date for it to work or if it's kind of either side is totally fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's totally fine. I think as well, like, as I said, if you if you want to go to the macro and just stick with waxing and waning, um, there's a lot to be gained in that too, just even observing those simple things. Yeah, wonderful. And so in all of this too, um, that means that your like biodynamic preparations, so I wanted to ask you about this, which is probably going way, way back, but kind of for the soil, the compost, You've got like yarrow, chamomile, stinging nettle, oak bark, dandelion, and valerian. Uh-huh. Do you make those in different parts, or what does that consist of? Is that all together? No, uh, we can basically you can use 
the whole combination of the biodynamic preparations as you choose to for your particular site. Um, and there's also combo ones like, uh, you know, uh, BD500, which is a spray, but you can combine that with other things too, which is, yeah. I mean, you can use it all as a combination, basically. Um, I, I don't make any of them. I get them from um, Biodynamics Australia, um, and they prepare all of my preparations. Okay, um, cool. But, you know, it's a lot of them are, I mean, if you've got the land to do it, you're, it's pretty accessible to do. And I think as well, um, you know, it, it's more about finding the right products to make it with, like making sure, for example, the horns are from a biodynamic farm as well, um, just so all of that microbial activity is going to be activated correctly during the process. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And so the place that you mentioned was Biodynamics Australia? Yes. So, yeah. And that's something that you can just find online? Yeah, that's just a website. On March now, so in your book you've broken it down to uh, the months and when – you can plant, so oh, what is it? Leaf, flower, seed, root, yep. and when you can plant those, mm -hmm. and the moon and constellation cycles. Yep. In the month, yeah. So we're bang on March. What would you recommend doing now in this month? Um. Well, I always find March pretty interesting because it's kind of, uh, well, it's it's dry usually for the most part. Um. So, and also the summer crops aren't done yet, but you know, the, the day temp, the day temperatures are sort of, or the night temperatures, sorry, are getting cooler and the days are getting shorter. So things are starting to slow down. So I, I reckon for me, my main advice for March is to start thinking like a lot about the April plant out. Like if there are crops that are looking a bit more spent and tired, like, I don't know, save the best one for some seed saving, but otherwise really try and like um, get those beds prepped for, um, you know, a month's time when you can plant them out again with your spring crops or whatever you want to flower over winter or eat over winter. Yeah. So, you know, if that's aeration, feeding, mulching, um, you could even put in like a quick green manure crop and then turn it in. Um, but, yeah, I feel like for me I always fall into the trap of still being in like summer programming of like just harvest and, getting things done and, and then April comes around and it's like this mad dash to get everything planted in time. <laughs> I also feel like you're only just getting into the, you know, like picking dahlias and I don't know, I feel like we've still got so much to see of summer and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, really? I've got to plant sweet peas? <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's what I mean. I, I couldn't agree more. It just seems to happen so fast and then, I think as well the last couple of summers we, we've had, or especially down in this area, um, they've just been, the hot days have just been so quick. I just feel like the summer hasn't been a long, lengthy, hot summer, um, which I'm grateful for, but at the same time I think it's like this false sense of a summer too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how many years have you been um, farming on your property at the moment? Uh, this summer just gone. It's only my second summer. So this I'll be going into my third year down here. And have you learnt a lot since being on the farm? Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, I think that's what I enjoy so much about it. And um, 
oh, I'm learning stuff all the time. And I think it's like that constant humbling thing of, you know, so uh, like the highlight reel of Instagram or, you know, when things go right, it's, there's so much behind the scenes, you know, crops not doing what they're meant to do or all these things that go wrong that are just really good lessons to be learned, which at the time sometimes aren't that fun, but, you know, they're, they're good in the end. Yeah. What's been your biggest achievement, would you say? Oh, uh, my biggest achievement? Um, oh, pro- I, honestly, probably getting this almanac published, I think. Um I think I've been sitting on it as an idea for so long and I'm, I'm much more used to being outside and, you know, getting things done and, you know, planting, growing, harvesting and stuff. So to sit down and finally get those ideas out of my head in a, um, a way that I was happy with in the end, um, it feels pretty good. Yeah, and I love that it's also, I think it's just a great tool for anyone wanting to know what's in season when as well. Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, because you can go through and it has like flowering now in each month so I think it's just if anyone's looking for like a little gift or wanting to start out in just a really basic way they can be like oh great like Nigella is flowering in January so if I see it flowering in (laughs) I don't know if I see it around in maybe April or July like don't yeah maybe maybe not Yeah, which I think is really great. Like, I love that. Um, It's accessible for kind of everyone. You don't have to be a flower farmer to pick this up. No, absolutely not. And um, I think, yeah, I think as well there's just, um, I I really think within the industry there's so much um, awareness around, you know, seasonality and supporting local growers and all of those fantastic things. Um, But, you know, even when I still talk to people who aren't in the – agricultural or floristry world there's so much surprise about seasonality and why things that aren't in season are bad and um I think it's really important to just make that information as accessible and easy as possible I suppose yeah exactly so if anyone wanted to get a copy of this how can they find it um this is on my website which is um com. Um, which is through my Instagram. And then it's also in a few bookshops and galleries around the place, which are also linked on my um, website. Yeah, awesome. Mm. So your business now, you're a florist farmer. So are you doing a lot of, are you using a lot of your own flowers or are you selling some? How does it work? I'm doing a bit of a combination at the moment between because I've got some crops which are in massive surplus for what I need them um, for. Um, so it's it's kind of I'm doing a little bit of wholesale and um, then sort of bespoke floristry as well at the same time, which is developing into a nice balance so far. Yeah, great. And have you ever thought about teaching what you've put into this almanac? Yes, I have very much. I'm hoping to um, develop some both online and physical workshops, hopefully for winter this year. So um, that could be exciting, but um, I'd really like to do some sort of like a a long-term online teaching course for it too. But, you know, that's just an idea for now. Yeah, that'd be great. Fingers crossed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So 
What do you hope to see change in the industry over the next few years? Um, I'd really, I think something massive that I'd love to see an improvement in would be opening up the networks for small growers to be able to compete with the big markets um, so that it's also easier for florists to buy from growers, um, you know, and everyone can meet at a good price point still. Because I think, you know, the infrastructure networks just related to the industry and also how big some of the farms are and um, competing with the markets on your small scale probably knocks out a lot of really good growing opportunities for farmers or um, even florists alike. So I'd like to see that probably improve a little bit. Yeah. How do you think we could do that? Oh, I don't know. It's like I'd, such a can of worms. Um, I think... I don't know if there, there needs to be some sort of incorporation of small farms to the market space as well, which I'm sure there already is, but just a more succinct section. I'm not, I don't know, this is just running in the mouth here, but like whether it's more like one of the food markets where there's like a specific biodynamic section or there's a specific organic section or something, and then it's just completely clear. Um, and then whether or not the farmers from those realms would all, or from those growing um, spaces would all be sort of a, a group together. But then, of course, it's still trying to get everyone to that centralised spot so then it's easy for the florist to access too. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm <so Yeah>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what do you absolutely love about your farm and your journey so far? Oh, I'm just so grateful to be... Um, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to just be able to work on land and be able to experience that. I think it's um, such a, a proper privilege and I think where I am especially feels like home and, um, yeah, just my little valley and part of the world feels fantastic and even when it's hard and, like, you know, winter's wet and cold and soggy and there's nothing that inspiring going on, I still feel very grateful that... Um, I'm just able to work on the land and, um, yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, what have you got planted? What do you, what do you normally plant out? Well, right now I'm about to, I'm actually, I saved a whole bunch of anemone seed from last spring and same with my ranunculus corms. Um, and I've never raised anemones from seed before, so it's kind of a risk, but I'm hoping it will pay off. Um, so those are the main ones that will be going in, um, maybe even on the 19th of March. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think so. It's probably going to be exactly. April. <laughs> um, also, I have one other question, and this is going to seem really stupid, but you don't go out at night and do this. Do no, you? I don't go out at night. <laughs> um, I just have this, like, picture of, like, you know, head torch on and kind of, like, being with the moon and outside and planting seeds and then the next day they just sprung up and it's just all it's magic. all magic yeah look I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure you definitely could do that um it might be a bit chilly sometimes but it would still it still work <laughs> uh so who inspires you the most mm. in the floral world in the floral world farming um Oh, there's just so many fantastic farmers out there. Um, I couldn't. I don't know if I could pick any of them. 
um, to single out. I feel like that would be unfair for lots of them. <laughs> but uh, I think in terms of um, like regenerative ag and biodynamics and um, all that sort of stuff, I, I mean, it's hard to go past Maria Thun. I mean, she's, you know, she's one of the people I've mentioned in the almanac, but um, I think just her way of really delving deeper into the whole process is probably what I find the most inspiring. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. like totally not the floral world. That's just growing. No, no, I, that's what I meant though. I yeah. Um, within your experience of mm. like comfort, like being so far. So do you have a favourite flower? Um, yeah, every season I have a favourite flower or like five. Um, I think, I mean, right now, every summer I can't go past dahlias. I just think that they're just so incredible. Um, but then the, um, the blush or the pan, the, the blush and enemies in spring are also pretty magic. Um, and yeah, just like we were saying before, smoke bush, that's pretty incredible too. I know. It's, it's so addictive too. Get me started on the smoke. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I'm going to be planting it all over our Oh, me too. <laughs> Just everything will be so good. Oh, and I, I do love the snowball verbenum as well. I'm putting in quite a bit of that this year too. That is very beautiful. Mm. So if you had to leave quickly, what three farming-related or plant-related things would you take with you? Um, well, I take all of my seeds that I've saved. Um, I try and remember where any of my secateurs are, my nice ones. Um, but I think they're all buried somewhere in the soil. Um, <laughs> but, uh, if anything was burning, hmm, I had to leave suddenly. I don't, that's probably, I, I mean, I guess I, I might bring a fork as well so I can aerate the next bit of land that I'm going to plant those seeds on. Yeah. Yeah. But um, for the most part, I, I think just the seeds would be the main thing that I'd really, really want to grab. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So is there anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to share about your journey, uh, where you're going or about your farm? Uh, I think I feel no. I feel like we've um, covered great ground here. I'm really happy to be being able to talk about the almanac, and um, hopefully, I'll have those online courses up and running soon. So that'd be great too. Um, should be very exciting. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a watch this space kind of thing. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this space because I love this almanac. A lot. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you. <laughs> and it, it, Really, like it's covered in highlighter. Oh, amazing. That's so good. <laughs> dog eared now and I go through it and I'm like, okay, right, because I just took over a little community garden patch. Oh, cool. And I'm like, okay, so this month, like, we'll get down there and we'll put this in. Oh, I love hearing that. Please keep me in the loop of how you're going. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. Um, but thank you for chatting to me on the podcast and for being part of it. It's really nice to hear your story and to also hear about the way that you farm and about the almanac because 
it's awesome and it's different and it's nice to have this out in the world. Oh, well, thanks so much, Beck. I really appreciate it. And um, it's been a pleasure to chat to you as well. A huge thank you again to Phoebe for being part of Dish the Dirt. If you would like to get in touch with Phoebe at Alcamilla Studios, you can do so via her Instagram. Or if you would like to buy a copy of the Almanac, which I highly recommend, you can do so via her website at alcamillastudios.com. Thank you to everyone who has been part of Dish the Dirt so far. Like I said, it's nearly halfway through season three and it's also nearly a year ago that I decided to start this podcast and the support has been incredible from growers and florists and also people who are not within the industry. So thank you again. If you would like to be part of Dish the Dirt, you know what to do. Jump on to Instagram and message me or you can email me at dishthedirtpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to leave a review, you can do so via Apple Podcasts. Uh, I would love to hear from you either way. Uh, if you're still waiting for me to get back in touch with you, I will be getting back in touch with you. I've just got a few weddings and bits on at the moment, so life is a little bit busy, but I'm getting there. Um... Get out there this week, buy local, support local, ask where your flowers are coming from and keep being blooming fabulous.